3: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance, Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then, shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com
4: Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
5: Ron and Anian. My father said, You know, you only get one chance to lose a customer and to make them an old customer. And it's something like that that does it. And that kind of stuck with me. I just remembered that for years and years and years. You know, you've always got to give the customer the benefit of the
4: doubt. The Car Doctor Are there any
5: nuts loose? Is there anything that just needs a little bit of a tweak? And you'd be amazed You know, think about the potholes you drive over And if it rattles your fillings, It's rattling the car and you'll be amazed how things shift loosen up and you know lose their lose their set welcome
4: to the radio home of ron and Anian, the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair if your mechanic's giving you a busy signal pick up the phone and call in the garage doors are open but i am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900 And now, here's Ronnie
5: Well, hello and thanks for stopping by the garage today I'm Ron and the Car Doctor here to take your calls and answer your questions at 855-560-9900 Let's, uh, let's get into the phones right away um, I've got time for stories later on if I have any Well, not that I wouldn't have any um, Tom's hoping I don't, but I do um, Let's go talk to Frank in Illinois, 11 Toyota Highlander Frank, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir, how can I help?
6: Well, I enjoy your show. Thank you. Got a 2011 Highlander. Just broken in. Almost 200,000 runs flawless.
5: Just broken once in, brother. It, yep, go ahead.
6: Once it's uh, got below 40 this fall, uh, sometimes when I'd pull out and get on the highway, you may get a little surging somewhere up to speed. You may not. It doesn't do it all the time. I took it to O'Reilly's, of course, no code showed, so I took it to another garage that they could run all the other codes. Nothing's pending, nothing's showing anywhere. They couldn't find anything other than when he drove it. He said he thought it was a little slow shifting into high gear, so he cleaned the throttle body on that, and then I drove it, and it still had the same issue. Uh, I had changed uh, on the transmission about 8,000 miles ago. I had drained part of the fluid, put in some more fluid, and as soon as it warms up here, I want to drop and change the filter and so forth. But also, since it's dropped down to, well, we're about 15 degrees right now, two times I started it, pulled up a ways in the driveway, let it set for a minute, and then I went to go forward and it acted like the transmission was slipping. So I backed it back in the driveway, took another vehicle down, come back, started it up manually with the automatic, put it in low gear, went ahead and went right on out. So I don't know if I got two problems one problem, but no codes, nothing pending, shows anywhere. Okay.
5: So from from your description, it, it almost sounds like you have two problems. Not to, Not to give you the bad news, but I will. All right. Um, and and you're taking correct steps, but you're 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 missing a step. All right, in that you know, okay. let's let's go let's go further. All right, you've looked for codes both on the OBD two side. That's what O'Reilly Auto Parts will do, and then your mechanic right. was looking year, make, model, manufacturer specific. He tends to get a little bit more involved. That's what he would do. All right, right. And there's no codes. Okay. Well, then it must not be broken. Well, or okay. Let's go look at vital signs. All right, where's coolant? Where's coolant temp? Where's fuel trim? What's the mass airflow reporting? What does calculated load look like? If the vehicle's sitting at idle, what's throttle angle? What, what sort of feedback is it giving the computer and telling it where it's at? You know, we, we we've got to start to get in the habit of looking at heart rate and blood pressure. You know, it's 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 that important in terms of indicators of of, of what could be. All right. For example, right. if if I was driving this, looking at fuel trim, and all of a sudden fuel trims went negative, and the engine started to run po- run badly, and then all of a sudden it started to run good again, and fuel trims came back to the positive side, I'd start to think about you know what can affect fuel trims like that. Could I have a- an air fuel sensor failing? Well, maybe. Um, I believe on this particular vehicle, the downstream O2s are going to guide fuel trim. I would start to monitor sensors. Do I ever see a negative O2 sensor voltage? Um, Negative O2 sensor voltage is generally considered an early warning sign of a failing O2, and it may or may not set a fault code. The other thing I want to think about, you said since it got cold you know what's minimum yeah. what's minimum coolant temperature i believe minimum coolant temperature for this vehicle is 176 or 182 off the top of my head is it maintaining that is it starting to get down 175 174 is it a couple of degrees off and that couple of degrees will affect you know how this vehicle operates and runs it's going to change its, its it's it's operating strategy the other thing i want to think about is could i have a failing or an out-of-calibration mass airflow sensor. For example, there's a there's a PID, there's a, a piece of data stream in, in that vehicle, like a lot of vehicles today, called calculated load. Calculated load is a combined measured value of how much strain the computer believes the vehicle is under, how much load it's under, calculated load. if And it comes from a variety of inputs. If you were to take a known good vehicle out for a ride, and um, if you were to take a known good vehicle out for a ride and, and um, uh, put your foot through the headlight, as I like to say, from zero to 100, you would see you would see it go to 100%. Well, it wouldn't go to 100%. You'd see, you know, 90, 95% calculated load showing proper response. What's this vehicle's calculated load? What does this vehicle... Give us back in terms of under full duress. Can it can it get over seventy five percent? Can it get over eighty percent when it's in the mood for this problem to happen? Or, or or what is it like when this vehicle is allegedly running good? We start to think about mass airflows out of calibration. Last is the air intake duct, the duct that runs between the air box and the mass airflow sensor. Are the clamps tight? Is the bellows in good condition? Is Are there any leaks, any signs of possible leaks? So those are the things you've got to kind of, you know, start to look at. Of course, at 200,000 miles, you know, just oil changes up to this point or, you know, what have you done up to this point? Of course, spark plugs must have been done once. And I'm not going to say plugs are going to solve this problem, but just a good form of maintenance. And then a, a solid carbon cleaning, a real carbon cleaning, regular fuel system maintenance is obviously to this vehicle's advantage. And that's as far as the engine's concerned the trans issue sounds like a trans issue and it may be, okay. the be- it may be the beginning of, of an impending issue there that tells me you know that's that's a separate event but looking at the things I suggested to look at may tell us hey we know it's good you may come back to me next week and go, Ron, fuel trim's perfect. I never see it go negative. Calculated loads on the on the money, throttle angles where it's supposed to be. Coolant temp couldn't be any better. You know what? Then I'm gonna tell you, Frank, it sounds like you've got trans issues and focus on that. Either way I got you. Right. The, either either way I got you to the end of the problem. Makes sense?
6: Yeah, it makes sense there. And like I said, the uh uh synthetic oil used every five thousand max and uh Use the uh, oh the uh, additives for the tank you recommended for the fuel. Do that about every five thousand miles. And right. Everything and check the air filter and all that's clean. Everything seems to be good, tight. But I'll go ahead and follow up with the uh, the good mechanic we got, and I'll give him these suggestions. and I'll let him do this looking.
5: You know, don't don't I always say don't fall on the sword. Of there's no codes, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. You know, there's 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 always something to go look at. There's always something that will, you know, give you an indicator. All right. Uh, you know, we didn't even talk about mode six. Mode six are the computer tests that the vehicle's computer runs to determine Is something beginning to fail? Has something failed? Mode 6 would be the same, and I tell this story here all the time. If you're a regular listener, you know what I'm going to tell you. You wake up Monday, your throat's a little scratchy. You wake up Tuesday, your eyes are starting to water. By Wednesday, you've got a cold and a sore throat. Well, Monday and and Tuesday, Mode 6 was running tests in the vehicle saying, yeah, something doesn't look quite right. And then it did the same thing on Tuesday when you went out. And on Wednesday, it turned on the check engine light and set a hard code. You know, is, is what can Mode 6 data tell us? If your mechanic has access to Mode 6, and he should, depending upon the quality level of his scan tool, you know, go in there and say, hey, you know, yeah, we're seeing this test fail. Maybe we're seeing some misfire counts. Maybe we're seeing fuel trim out of the realm. Maybe we're seeing the beginnings of a slow O2 sensor. A lot of things to look at. Codes aren't the last in the beginning. Um, you know, my my diagnostic checklist of when I would do a diagnosis on a car... The short list, the short, the things I look at when I need to get my brain back to center, the short list is twenty-four steps. All right. Okay. The, the long list is, I think, ninety-eight. <laughs> All right. So, so there's there's always something to look at. And one of these days, I'll publish. I'll publish at least the short list. It's just, it's something I've worked on over the years. That you know, I've, I've evolved as times have gone on, but. Um, you know, it's just there's there's always something to look at. So, go do those things. Call me back if you need more, Frank.
6: I'll I'll do that, and I'll have him get on it as soon as I can.
5: Okay, you be well. You stay well, my friend. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye bye. Um, yeah, listen. There's there's always more to go look at. Bottom line, it's not just predicated or built on the fact. Well, the car has codes. The car doesn't have codes. What's wrong with it? So uh, just just just. Some simpler things to think about. I'm Ron Annie in the car, doctor. I'm going to pull over and take a pause. I'll return right after this. Don't
7: go away. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.
8: Little GTO, you really get Three deuces and a four-speed
6: and a
3: 389. Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, have you, um, l- let me tell you this story first, so uh, I just want
5: to, let's do a simple tip. Um, and I do this I do this because um, uh, recently one of my daughters was out to lunch with a girlfriend and they had a question about the girlfriend's tires on her used vehicle and uh, Rachel ended up calling me up and saying hey dad you know can you tell me about uh, Lindsay's tires does she need tires like I can see this through the phone Rachel you know um, so I asked the, I asked the obvious questions I asked Lindsay I said Lindsay you know how long, Have you owned the car? She said about two and a half years. And, you know, how many miles have you driven it? Well, I bought it with 55,000 on it. It's got 82,000 on it or some number. I think we calculated it out. It was gone about 26,000 miles. And I said it could need tires because she believed that they had put tires on the car when she purchased it. And her next question was, you know, my first question was obviously how old are the tires? We knew now they're three years old or so. Um, You know, my next question was, you know, how long have you driven? I knew that now. And I said, you know, have you looked at the tread? What's tire tread? And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. It's just, you know, you know. do you ever think that in high school one of the biggest mistakes they ever made was they never taught kids how to balance a checkbook or what a checkbook is, right? They knew how to spend the money, didn't know how to keep track of it. And I think that should be part of any high school curriculum. Well, I, I understand that we can't put everybody into an auto mechanics class, but I think in the life lessons curriculum, I think one of the things we should add is how to check your tires, how to check your oil, how to talk to people, you know, social cues when you're walking into a repair shop, what to expect, you know, w- when you're asking somebody to repair your vehicle, what what to look for. And I said to Lindsay, I said, okay, I said, you know, take a penny. And It's the oldest thing in the world. I thought, I said, take a penny, put Lincoln's head towards the tread. Kind of rhymes, doesn't it? And... You know, stick Lincoln's head in the tread of the tire. If you can see the top of his head, the tire is worn out. The tread is too low. And then I explained about tread depth indicators. Tread depth indicators are the bar that runs the width of the tire. And basically, if the tread depth indicator is worn even across, the tire is worn out. You always want to do the Lincoln penny test to the tread depth indicator, okay, um, just to get a barometer for how much exposure that that you know the, the top of his head is going to have in terms of how worn is the tread. It's it's really kind of important. It's a it's a big test of you know how bad are the tires. But if your tires are two to three years old and your car has twenty five to thirty thousand miles on it, don't just assume they're okay. It wouldn't be it wouldn't hurt to have somebody look at them or at the very least do the tread depth test yourself. And I, I, said to both of them, I said, you know, I'm going to have to do a, um, uh, I'm going to have to do a, a video on some of the simpler things and get some things up on the YouTube channel. I haven't had time, and there's always just something a buzz that keeps me from doing that. But I think I've got to get back to more doing the basics and talking to all of you about the basics, the simple little things about keeping cars going. Because, uh, you know, I get into these fuel trim conversations and calculated load and everything else, and it probably goes over a lot of people's heads, I guess, and I apologize for that. I've got to get back to the basics of what to look for and, you know, how to know when when, when things are going to affect you and hit you in the pocketbook. So um, if you've got simple questions, send them to me. And we're still collecting some of your mechanics nightmare stories. Um, I enjoy those. I've been reading through those and We'll probably start to talk about a few of those in the coming weeks, too. It it seems that as I look at the mechanical failures or the mechanic nightmare stories, the biggest one that keeps cropping up is the mechanic said he was going to do this, and he ended up doing that, and I had nothing in writing. And I think that's probably, if there was a theme for common mistakes, is to get something in writing, is to sign something. You know, as I've said before, when you walk into a repair shop, my car needs this. You're contracting with them. You're, you're you're signing a verbal contract. If you get it in writing, uh, you know all to the better. It keeps everybody's feet to the fire and yeah, it kind of keeps everybody honest. People don't forget. Um, so you know you want to think about that. And you know it's a lot better for you, if you until you build a relationship with that person. You know if you've been to that shop a half a dozen times and every time they've done what they're supposed to do and they've they've been great. You know, I'm not necessarily saying you have to. It's to your advantage. That's a comfort level, right? Uh, you know, when you're getting your car fixed, you've got to find your comfort level. It's uh it's like yesterday I went and got a haircut. I got a mall cut. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And um you know, I went to the to the barber I've been going to of late and um the guy I normally use wasn't there and I just went to the next guy. And you know what? So far there's there's four guys in the shop. I've now had three guys cut my hair because I'm going to build a relationship with all of them this way. When I go, anybody can cut my hair because I'm. I don't want to have to necessarily wait. I don't have that kind of time, and I'm. I'm you know, I, I want. Uh, I want everybody to know what's going on. You know, when Ron walks in, here's how he gets his hair cut, kind of a thing. When when Tom walks into a repair shop, he wants to know that everybody in the shop, not just the service writer, is going to do a good job. He wants to know that everybody's going to do a great job and take care of his car. Um, you know, and so should you. It's it's really just that important because um, you know automobiles and getting your car fixed is a very strong and important relationship and uh, you know in the case of Lindsay going back to her tires um, young lady you know in her in her late twenties early thirties she's you know trying to figure out how to make a car keep on going because it's such an important part of everybody's life that uh, you know how do I know when my tires are bad ask yourself the question how long has it been since they were looked at how old is the car how many miles have you driven? If the car's got twenty-five to thirty thousand miles on it, and hopefully you've been rotating the tires all this time, moving them front to back in some kind of orderly fashion, then you know you've got to know that and realize that uh, you know it may be time to look at them. We've got some cars out there—not um, to belabor the point—but we've got some cars out there that uh, Lexus, for example, some of the higher-line Lexuses, for whatever reason, are chewing up tires in twenty-five thousand miles or less. And, I mean, just flat worn out, just right down to the tread depth indicators. Uh, Brand new Lexuses, good alignment, just it's getting to be a characteristic. Ford Explorers are tough on tires. Some of the Escapes are tough on tires. So don't assume because the vehicle's low or it's got what you perceive as low mileage, it um it doesn't need them. It you should take a look at them because they're they're very important, and know that when you go in for tires in this day and age, it might not necessarily be a quick turnaround. You may have to leave it a day to get the tires you want of known good quality. I'm Ron in the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Ron Dean and the Car Doctor. Recent article in, um, yeah, this was Business, written by uh, Chris Stolkel-Walker. Uh talks about the U.S. is refusing to fall in love with electric vehicles. And um, I was reading this this past week, and it said, December 21, sales of electric vehicles overtook sales of diesel cars for the first time in Europe as 176,000 electric vehicles rolled out of car dealerships. At the same time, in China, the country's automotive industry announced that electric vehicle sales for the year ballooned by 158% compared with 2020. And the article goes on to talk about the who and the why and the how, and it's it says it's not happening here in the U.S. And it's interesting, there's a, there's a paragraph here. Uh, there's a simpler reason the U.S. adoption is stalled while electric vehicles in other countries have taken off. And Alyssa Altman, who's the head of transportation and mobility at a Cambridge, Massachusetts consulting company, Publis Sapient. I hope I'm saying that right, says, um, Historically, there simply haven't been enough charge points, Ms. Altman says, and um, evidently that potential electric vehicle customers are concerned with keeping their vehicles juiced up for long trips, and for some journeys in the U.S., the lack of charging stations makes this impossible. Um, and they're blaming it on the uh, infrastructure buildup that hasn't happened even though the rollout of electric vehicles continues to be pushed. So interesting comments, interesting thoughts. We'll continue to watch that. Um, Other things going on in Massachusetts. uh, And I'd love to hear if we've got any listeners up there who have run into this problem. So in Massachusetts, they recently, not recently, but they've won the right to repair. They're pushing right to repair that independent shops deserve to have access to service information, repair information, much like the manufacturers, much like the dealers. Well, now, um, Subaru was the first, and now Kia has disabled some of their technology over Massachusetts' right to repair. A recent article in the news, Kia has now disabled their proprietary telematics systems, telematics, is the method or the reference to the vehicles having the ability to tell you, hey, the vehicle needs service, the vehicle's about to set a fault code. It's diagnostics over the airwaves kind of a thing. Um, And Kia, like Subaru, has disabled the proprietary telematic systems on vehicles sold in Massachusetts to comply with the state's stringent right to repair laws. The article points out their system collects vehicle data that's only available to the manufacturer, which currently violates the laws that says the data needs to be accessible to anyone. What's the point, right? Um, you know, I don't understand uh, the right to repair in the sense that just, you know, let everybody have access to it. I I don't see the concern because either you're going to fix the car or you're not. Um, I, I think in the day and age of the technology we've gotten, maybe there's some security issues. Maybe they're worried about uh, the wrong people being able to break down the car and take control of it. I don't know. I don't know what their concern is. But, you know, the simple fact is, that if there were only dealers to repair cars, uh, there's a problem in the sense that you can't get a car fixed now at a dealership. The average dealership weight, at least here in the Northeast, from my experience, from the stories I'm hearing, it's not uncommon to have a vehicle break and it's two weeks before a dealer can look at it because there's such a backlog. I think uh, the average dealership is backed up to two and a half weeks, sometimes three. And then they look at it and then they get into the parts scenario. You could lose your car for up to a month going into a dealership for repair, as well as an independent, because everybody, the better places, are busy, and they're backed up. So, you know what? Level the playing field. Let's give out some of the information, more of the information, and um, I think the better mechanics will rise to the top, and it's going to be business decisions based on what tools and equipment can they afford, do they want to buy. You know, it's... But this is in the news. This is a big deal. The whole point of the law is protecting vehicles, individuals' right to repair. The article continues is that if the data is only accessible to the manufacturer, not only would that force owners to go to dealerships for repairs or may not want to, but it also raises the question of who the manufacturers could share the data with. So Kia made a decision after Subaru that on vehicles being sold in Massachusetts, in the state of Massachusetts, um, they're turning off the telematic because... The Kia Connect system violates the Massachusetts right to repair laws rather than opening up the data. Anyone, they simply disable the system like Subaru, saying in a press release it may not currently be available for model year 2022 and newer vehicles sold or purchased in Massachusetts. Um, that's a problem. And I, I think that's, you know what, that's a form of censorship in my opinion, and maybe that's a strong word, but... Like I said, level the playing field, give the information to everybody. The dopes aren't going to know what to do with it, and the, the smarter shops will be able to fix the car and, you know, make that guy look at ha- make that car manufacturer look good, um, make everybody happy. So, uh, you know, let's... Um, oh, look at that. We've got a call from Massachusetts. Let's go to Tom in Massachusetts, right to repair Subaru. Tom, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. Thanks for responding. What's going on?
8: Hey, how you doing, Ron? All right. Having a little echo here. Yeah, my daughter bought a Subaru in uh, November... And even though she paid 3000 over a sticker, they turned off the uh, remote access or whatever it is, which also includes uh, remote starting with your phone and a few other things, too. Ouch. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Um, so So wait a minute. So they've turned off... My understanding is they turned off telematics, which is so now she won't know when the vehicle's due for service or if the vehicle's going to set a fault code, that kind of thing, right? But you're... yeah,
8: but it's more than that, uh, the app on your phone, different things.
5: So, so she can't use her remote start.
8: No, well, I guess you can on the key fob, but they also have the option on your cell phone with an app. Huh. Everything. Everything was disabled.
5: How upset is your daughter?
8: <laughs> I didn't know about it. So, I mean, I'm the one that did the homework, but what she doesn't know, I guess, you know. Right,
5: <laughs> right, right.
8: But it is it is a rip-off. They're charging full sticker price. And you, there, there were several things. I don't know them offhand, but there's several things you cannot do. And what if she moves to New Jersey? yeah that was another thing I was thinking of uh, New Hampshire anywhere right will it be turned on
5: right uh, you, you know that see to me that's censorship and thats selling that's to me that's boy here's a strong statement I think that's theft by deception because you're you're promising yeah. somebody something that they don't have when they end up buying the car
8: yeah they put a little sticker on the window it's disabled and that's it
5: and then, what happens if somebody from another state moves to Massachusetts? Does that mean that it's going to get turned off?
8: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I was almost ready to have it buy it up in New Hampshire, but they go by your residence, you know.
5: Right, right. Well, Which does is total
8: rip-off. So You're does for it.
5: does that mean if you register the car if you move from New Jersey to Massachusetts and you register the car in Massachusetts? Does that mean the Subaru police are going to come to your house and turn off the programming feature?
4: <laughs>
5: um, yeah,
8: I, I'm I'm sure there's a hack on YouTube or whatever already. You know how yeah. to get around it, but I'm not going to mess with it.
5: <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you something, Tom. What kind of car do you drive?
8: Me, uh, Kia Sedona.
5: Okay, uh, newer car.
8: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's another one that's in that right. class action yeah. lawsuit or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
5: You know so what you know do you lease it or own it if I can ask
8: uh, I paid for it a long time ago all right a couple and, of years old
5: and 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 who does the service work on it
8: um right now i I just do the oil changes and whatnot you know I really haven't got into it that deep
5: right right I
8: had a friend of mine do the brakes and do you
5: do you like going to a dealer to get repairs done
8: Oh God, no, no! And I have a stack of uh, recalls for that vehicle. I'm I'm building them up so I can go there and just have them all done in one day. Right? If you had a if you had a complaint about believe. if
5: you had a complaint about car dealers, what would it be? Uh,
8: I mean, it used to be the price, but everything is insane right now. So there's really no savings on price anywhere. Right? And I don't blame them. Like you say. Uh, Cheap repair is a cheap repair. The most costly
5: one.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. But yep. I, I don't know. I just can't stand going in there.
5: You know. <laughs> right, right. It's almost like, and and sometimes I think about this. It's almost like the manufacturers, um, you know, just know that people don't like going to dealers. So by not giving access to information to outside repair shops, they're almost kind of forcing them to, and and you know, yeah. and, and and standing under the cloud of. Uh, you know, right to repair or standing under the cloud of we're worried about the security of the vehicle. My contention is, and I can say this firsthand, the average car today is so complicated that even the smart guys, doesn't matter whose, whose sign is over their doorway, independent, dealership, or otherwise, even the smart guys struggle on some repairs some days to fix these things. They're so complicated. So I think sharing of information would actually level the playing field and it might make people think differently about some of the vehicle manufacturers, you know. Um,
8: yeah, uh, and I got to think the other manufacturers are in mind too. Toyota and yep, sure. all yep. the other ones. Yep. Well, and watch yep. W- watch what'll happen. You know,
5: if the person moves from New Jersey to Massachusetts, and they don't go to the dealer the first time there's a recall, and that car goes in for yep. its recall in Massachusetts, guaranteed they'll turn off the telematics function. They'll they'll oh, yeah. you know they'll make it legit. So hey, I appreciate the call, yep. Tom. I really do, and I'm. Thank uh, you. if something changes on your end, if, uh, if all of a sudden you find out that she can use all those features, they change their mind, please give us a call. Keep us in your thoughts, all right, sir?
8: Definitely. Thank you.
5: You're very welcome. You be well. I'm Ron Nanny in the car, Doctor. eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero is the phone number. Keep in mind that's 24-7. You can call at any time, day or night. Leave a message if we're not on the air live, and we'll call you back and put you in the next live broadcast, eight five five We'll be back right after this the car, doctor. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking during the pause about how complicated cars are. All right, and and they are. And you know, there is a moment when everybody, myself included, needs to talk to somebody else to get more information. There's just some repairs out there that are involved. And you want to make sure you're making the right move, partly because of what you're working on. You know, cars are so complicated and every move you make, it's it's no different than in a hospital, right? Every move you make costs money and you want to make sure you make the right moves so you spend the least amount of money because obviously auto repair gets expensive. I recently had to go through what I like to call, you know, an over-the-phone diagnosis, which, gee, I guess I'm no stranger to that. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I had what I like to call and refer to as the Opus IVS Advantage. Um, No secret, we've been using the Opus IVS scan tool as our premier scan tool in the shop. Um, and it really does have so many perks and pluses in terms of what it will do uh, You know, when used properly. And one of the things that the Opus IVS will do, this particular scan tool, what it has attached to it is TechLine. It has a TechLine resource. And you're going to call up and not just speak to somebody generic, but you're going to speak to whoever is whatever car line you're working on we had a case the other day just this last wednesday in the shop where one of the neighborhood shops was working on a mini a 2007 mini that was a crank no start and they called up looking for some information uh things that they couldn't find in their technical library which um you know we went and looked in our technical library and i found some of what they wanted but i wanted more I submitted a help request through my Opus. What you do is you I ran over, I scanned the vehicle, I had the VIN, and I was able to come back, tie back into the wireless, and sent out a help request, giving them the information I gathered from the vehicle. And off we went. We were off and running, and Glenn, who is the resident, one of the resident BMW Mini experts, because BMW and Mini share so many characteristics, uh, responded to my call and my request. And uh, what a great 15, 20 minutes on the phone with Glenn, just... Picking his brain, asking the questions I wanted to ask, things that I couldn't find necessarily in any information system, and and that's what Opus is all about, right? You can, uh, uh, you know, you can do that if you're a repair shop and you're looking for the next great scan tool. It's just something to look at because with Glenn's help and suggestions, it turns out that the driver's side floor had some wetness to it. The repair shop that was calling in to me mentioned it, but they didn't say they had investigated it. And with Glenn's help, we were able to determine that the 42-pin connector located in the driver's A-pillar right there where your foot is was soaking wet, had some corrosion in it, and that's what prevented the vehicle from starting. And, you know, without that additional push over the wall, over the top of the wall, that vehicle might still not be fixed, and it would have caused more grief and aggravation. You know, I'm not a fan of silver bullets where, oh, it's it's always this or it's always that. But I am a fan of, here's some more things to look at. Here are some more tests you can make. Here's some stuff to consider. Prove this good. You'll know what's bad. I like the approach. Opus IVS. You can find more information out online, and, uh, you know, it's to your advantage. No pun intended. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
11: You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
5: Welcome back to this hour. And, uh, boy, another quick hour flew by. I haven't talked to Tom all day today. Um... Tom, you okay, You up there, and uh, you're you're breathing. i haven't I haven't said two words. I'm doing to you.
3: fine. I haven't had to
5: talk to you up till now. Yeah, see that. day's been great. Um, y- you know, you're in Massachusetts, right? You go up in and out of Massachusetts from time to time.
3: Well, my daughter's in Massachusetts, and uh, I can tell you, yeah, well, this past summer, I had to buy her a car because the old escape uh, literally fell apart. Um, and boy, I gotta tell you, she takes it she takes a car to a dealer up there and they disable something. I'm going to go up and get it and bring it back to New York and say, you're going to turn this back on. And if not, I'm going to go have a little chat with a lawyer. Well, because, you know, the nice thing about the telematics,
5: and that's what I was thinking about, you know, your your daughter's a perfect example up there. Um, for a young person in an, in a newer vehicle, part of what that telematics feature is when there's a potential problem with the car before it becomes a bigger one. And that's what those Subaru Kia owners in Massachusetts are missing out on. It's, it's, and obviously it's the remote start. Hey, if I had remote start function on my car and I couldn't use it, it was disabled. A Massachusetts winter, I think it gets a little cold up there, folks. Um, I'd be, I'd be more than annoyed. Uh, You know, more than annoyed. I'd be furious. Yeah. I, like, come on. Um, so I think there's a big disadvantage to that. You know, technology is meant to be used. You know, one of the other things we're talking about this hour is, um, you know, hotline services, right? We're talking about uh, finding repairs and uh, ways to, you know, get quicker to the solution, get get to the solution faster on problem vehicles. The short track community. Short track is a, I consider it a subsidiary. It's part of Mitchell One. Mitchell One obviously one of the premier uh, information systems in the industry. The short track community, the repairs uh, solution for repair shops out there if you're looking for like a, uh, you know, a database and a blog and uh, the Short Track Community Fix recently was all about um, a vehicle that was towed in for a no start. The repair shop, the customer had filled the tank the day before. You see how that skews your judgment and they went through all their diagnostic steps and they put it out to the Short sure Track Community and somebody came back and said, hey, test the fuel pump using an amp clamp. See what you see. They saw a bad pump, put a pump in it, the car was fixed, but it was diagnostic steps taken with outside information. Another great feature that you'll find more information at MitchellOne.com. onecom I'm Ron andy in the car doctor telling you it's time to go. Till the next time. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.
3: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance, Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com.